Hey, and welcome to episode number 12 of the Reluctant Vegan Son. On this episode, I am joined once again by my mother, and we talk a lot about fearing, fears and failing and what I'm scared of and what we do to discharge these fears. Discharge is very important in our household. And, oh, I passed my driver's test, and so I talk about that a little bit. Enjoy the episode. Before quarantine, I was on spring break in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. I was drinking, I was smoking, don't catch me FBI, I was living life. I thought I had a great time. I was eating a shit ton of fast food. Quarantine hit, I came home, my family is vegan. I became the reluctant vegan son. This is my podcast talking with my friends and family about food, veganism, all types of things, whatever the fuck comes up, and I love it. So, hit the music. Hello, and yes, it, well, no, that's not mine. Mine's plugged in. And welcome to episode number 12 of the Reluctant Vegan Sun. Wait, where's it plugged in? It's plugged into the side of my computer. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, I got a new computer. I got a Mac, and they don't fucking come I want come this. With. Is mine? It's either yours or Lily's. I like the case. Yeah, I like the case. I'm stealing it. Okay. And on that <laughs> note, welcome to episode 12 of the Reluctant Vegan Sun. Yeah, Yay. I got a new computer. Yay. Woohoo. Uh-huh. Wonderful. I'm going to put my phone away. And you're using GarageBand. I'm using GarageBand. I got a new computer. My computer was decrepit <laughs> uh, and falling apart. I mean, some of it might be my own fault. I'm not going to lie. But it was falling apart and decrepit. So I had to get... I, and it's as expensive to fix a computer nowadays as it is to get a new one, pretty much. Mm. Which is ridiculous. Like going I mean, to, can you even fix a computer? You can. Uh-huh. It's just to, you have to replace parts and stuff. And at that point... Unless you have, like, a total protection covered or something. Like, they all sell to you, and then it breaks down, like, half a year after the thing finishes. Uh, after you know the coverage about? finishes. Yeah. yeah. I totally get it. So I got this new Mac, and we're using GarageBand, so we will see how it goes. <laughs> um, they have all these buttons, like, for... It looks like an amplifier-type thing. Right, it's a compressor. It's a compressor, yeah. yeah. What Do you have any idea what a compressor does? I mean, a compressor kind of, like you know, compresses the sound as it goes through it and makes it come out in a different way when it comes out. Okay. I made that up. Did you actually? That sounded pretty good. I was going to... I think I know what it is just because, you know, I recorded an album last year and so I know a lot had to go through a compressor in order to kind of like to mesh the sound together. But I'm not 100% sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry about that, guys. Makes sense. <laughs> I should Makes know sense. more. No, but no, no. but Rob Talby, a Bad Dad Studio, who actually was producing the album, knows a lot about compressors. I thought it was Groove Garden. Groove Garden is the place where he is. The studio that he records out of is called Bad Dad Studio. Interesting. Huh. He's at Groove Garden, too. That's where he gives like his guitar lessons, and you know, uh-huh. he's got a beautiful green looking sidewalk trying to be a patch of grass so on like c and fourth street i want to yeah say? avenue c on the in alphabet city not on the low is that lower east side depends not really kind of well it's kind of it's not below houston i do you consider lower east side below houston i do or lower I do. and eastern because when people think of noho or soho they think more western right 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 
I mean, it's definitely lower and easter, but it's not the lower east side. That's considered the east village. How low? Okay, yeah, at that point. Right. Or Alphabet City is like where the streets are lettered as opposed to numbered. Or it's easy to get around. (laughs) Where Manhattan's I mean, if you know that Avenue A, you know, is is Essex Street and, you know, BCD. Yeah, but Wait, then no, you that's get lower, to... That's yeah. Lower East Side, yeah. That's Lower East Side. Well, right. then you get to, like, Chinatown, and you got... Four, well, Forsyth and Christie's just, like, Second Avenue. But all the avenues get different names for some right, reason. Right, right, they right. just don't continue. And they switch at Houston Street for some reason. Yeah, anything below Houston yeah. switches. I don't understand why. If they were to redo the city, you think they would, like... How many blocks are in Manhattan? There's, like, 215 in total. Like... Number of blocks, blocks heading north. Of heading north. Yes. Right? There's like uh-huh. 215 or something. You think they would start at number zero at 100 and they'll have a north 100 and a south 100? You oh, think that's if they were to redo that? Because a lot of cities I feel like have that. Huh. Like a north and a south. Yeah, like a right, north right, street. Right, right, right. I mean, we street. do have an east and a west, although the streets are. Well, it's First not... Avenue up to Fifth Avenue. Right, and... right. But they're not given like, you know, and then it doesn't start First Avenue west. Yeah, no, it's given just right. what, just two west, Keep 42nd west. Street or whatever. I don't exactly, know. that's so weird. But yeah, so my guest on this episode, though she's trying to hijack and be the only guest. <laughs> I want to be the only she guest. Wants to be the... He's the reluctant vegan son for a reason, and that's because I am the truly vegan mom. He wouldn't be able to be a son. So Nikki's back. <laughs> Yay! And we're going to talk. Uh-huh. Excellent. About... I don't know. What's new and good? Uh, what's new and good? Um, 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 new and good for me is I had a good day precepting. Okay. At my office. Nice. Yeah. She's Was a I doctor. doing something wrong? No, I just wanted to say something that even for us who do news and goods often, it's so hard to come up with a new and good. That is so That's all I wanted to say. True. It's not, I wasn't trying to cut you off or anything. I was no, no, I thought I was point. doing something wrong. No. Like I was saying, um, 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 How you could know, you like do a, something wrong? I could do something wrong. I'm constantly like checking you when you're doing something wrong. I don't do anything wrong. I'm oh. perfect. Okay, maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> Am I not Nobody's always perfect. checking yeah, you? Yeah, you do. Well, you, yeah. Yeah, the, the, this the, is the too loud burp. The... Of my mother on the show. Yeah, I know. Well, check. I'm just saying in general, though. Like when I'm not on the show, I tend to check you less when you're on the show. That's true. So, kind of true. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, so, so I had a good day at work, and I'm a family doctor, and I teach at a residency program, and I had two really lovely residents, and I I ended up seeing a couple of patients with them that I was able to help. I, I'd say in a 360 degree integrative way, which means that I did some allopathic medicine for somebody who had gotten an injection. She had really bad pain the moment she got the injection with a lot of spasm and so I ended up giving her a homeopathic remedy and a massage which took it away and then you know somebody else who just got out of the hospital for psychiatric issues and we ended up meditating together and and just I felt like it was true true family practice in a very integrative way for people who might not know Mm. that's great that's great. Anyway, so for <laughs> Wait, what, more is than precept- you wanted? what is precepting exactly for people who might not know? Uh, so precepting is so when you're um, either a medical student or a just out of medical school young doctor resident. 
a resident. So after medical school, you go into a residency, and I'm affiliated with a family practice residency, and family practice uh, doctors are just general practitioners. It's a three-year training, but they have to present every patient that they see to an attending physician, mm-hmm. and that is somebody who has finished a residency. So and you're that's saying that if I go to the doctor, I don't even see a real doctor. I just see a student. They're they're already a doctor. Okay. They just don't have the specialty license in family practice yet. Hmm. But they finished medical school. If you go there, if now you, you might there. be seen okay. by a medical student somewhere. Yeah. They have more time though. People think that they're somehow less than, but they've got the newfangled ideas. They have more time. Mm-hmm. They don't see as many patients. I think it's pretty good. And then they have like a seasoned family physician waiting in the wings to precept that case yeah. with them. I'm just saying this to like, you know, devil. I don't know. It's not even devil's advocate just to keep probing and stuff. Oh, yeah. You're, like, you're, you're no, I know. It's probing well. Medical students are great. Like, they go to school for how long to be or a resident? Like, they go to school for how long in medical school? Like, six years or something? So, medical school is four years. So, you okay. have to finish in this country a four-year degree. Okay. Uh, probably a bachelor's in science. But some people actually don't do a bachelor's in science and decide to do a post-bac, which is they come back and take their prerequisites to medical school. So, mm. it could be anywhere between four and six years if you've taken the prerequisites. And then four years of medical school and then three to probably about seven years of residency, depending on what you want to specialize that's in. That's crazy. So that's 17 years of school. Or eight. Seven. Maximum. So maximum, 17. Or, exactly. I guess 19 if you add the two. Right, the with the post back thing. Yeah, it could be. Back. It could be. That's... And people begrudge us a living, you know. They, mm-hmm. they talk about us making a lot of money, which is nothing compared to what a Wall Street banker makes for, you know, not doing as much. I mean, those sure. student loans pile up, too. I mean, yes. in this country, at least. Yeah, you could you could easily get out owing oh, half a million dollars. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then you get paid so much, and you got expenses and stuff, so... Mm-hmm. Really not. Doctors doctors always get a bad rap, I feel like, because nobody ever wants to go see them and nobody ever fully appreciates them until like now in COVID where everybody was cheering them on. I know, that was really weird. Usually people don't cheer me on. I mean it's not that they hate me, but, but yeah. they're not sitting around cheering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's really good. So for my new and good, uh I guess yeah, transition. Woo-hoo. My new and good. <laughs> that was good. I like it. Yeah, my new and good is uh, I got my license. Yay! Yeah, finally. Oh, post, tell them the license story. Instagram. I wish I had, I think I have a photo of my uh, receipt. It's a doozy. It's an entire, I did not have the best time. I, I think I'm a decent driver or a fairly good driver. Uh, I mean, for me, I don't have a picture on my phone. But I'll go down the list of what I did wrong. I mean, it's nervous taking your driving test, right? Yeah. Like, your road test? Mm -hmm. That's probably the worst you're ever going to drive. That's probably true. I mean, you get nervous. You get nervous. Right. When when else do you drive nervous? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, it depends. Some people drive nervous, just generally. Yeah, that's true. That is true. All the time. But I was kind of nervous. I felt more nervous. I had to shake a little while Mm -hmm. uh, beforehand, which... It's not bad to shake. I mean, it seems like it makes people feel uncomfortable if you're shaking probably before getting into a car. Yeah. Because then you look very nervous. <laughs> it would definitely you're, make sh- it. you're shaking out the nervousness. Like, right. you're, you're discharging that. Well, tell them why you're shaking, though. Because not everyone sits around, like, actively deciding to shake. Because then you get rid of the feeling. I don't know. You discharge it. Right. You so discharge- what does discharge mean? 
I'm not sure. No, I, I kind of know. Discharging, I can't say I don't know. That's the, that's the worst word in this household that we're trying to get rid of. We're trying to not say I don't know because trying what happens to, is that yeah. you've given up all your power to try something if you just say I don't know. Mm-hmm. And just for by thinking about because you, I don't know is a reflex reaction for me. Mm. It probably is for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, when something comes up challenging or you don't want to think about it, I don't know. Right. But then that, like, rids you of any responsibility to it. Yeah. Like, it's not, I don't know, but I will do everything I can to figure it out. Mm-hmm. That's a it's, different kind of I don't know. I don't know, and I'm not going to do this. Right. I'm dismissing <laughs> you, and I don't want to do this. Right, right. Leave me alone, and let me play my video game. Because <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. That sounds, right. like, great. Yeah. Uh, discharge. I mean, I would say that's when you have something on your mind, and you want to get rid of it. And so you, there are certain ways to discharge that feeling. Uh-huh. And what are those ways? Discharge is more like the verb. Huh. It is a verb. So it's hard to describe a verb, oh. in my opinion. Because, like, how do you describe walking? I guess you put your right foot in front of your left foot. Right, right, right. But there's an active way in which you discharge. Yeah. You know. But if so you could shake, you could laugh, you could cry, you could yawn. That's my favorite way to discharge. Yeah, I'm good at yawning. I love yawning. I want to bring yawning back or make it a thing that's not a bad thing. Yeah. When did it become a bad thing? Like, when did somebody decide if you yawned, you were either bored or tired? Because people think it's directed at them. Ah, so they're taking it personally. I think people take it personally, yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Because yawning is actually the discharge of physical hurts. Mm -hmm. You know, so being tired is a physical hurt. But in general, if I've hurt something, I could yawn and yawn and yawn. And then eventually it'll feel better. And it'll feel better fairly quickly. And another way to, like, people hurt, and they bob up and down on their toes and stuff. Stretching it out. I don't know. I've never seen that. I don't know. It's, I've, I've heard that. Well, <laughs> stretching. It's kind of like when you yawn, you're stretching your mouth. Oh. So wouldn't stretching be Do you think that's the reason why I don't know. to stretch their mouth? I don't know. It's a way to stretch your mouth. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Feels Let's good. yawn, everyone. That's <laughs> 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 so good. <laughs> I'm not tired. I'm not bored of this podcast. Right, right, take it personally. <laughs> I'm so not bored of this podcast. <laughs> and I'm yawning. But I am tired. Yeah, a little bit. Mm. It's uh, it's not that late. But <laughs> it feels really late. Oh my yeah. god. So how would you? But do you think my description of discharging is okay, or what would you say? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, discharging is somehow a kind of an innate release of emotion mm-hmm. in the form of crying, laughing, shaking, non-repetitive talking. And, uh, and the idea is that when you were young, you had access to that process really easily. You could do anything when you were a kid. Wait, you could do anything when you were a kid, but you had access to that particular process. So young people will cry. And some people say they cry because they can't talk. You know, but even when they could talk, they still couldn't express what it was that was going on. And crying was the fast track to kind of get to that balanced place again. So, but most people in this country, the process of discharge has been interrupted because most people don't like to see kids cry. Or people cry in general because they think something's really wrong. Right. So the idea is that if you stop the crying somehow, then mm-hmm. the hurt will go away. But the hurt doesn't go away. Or, yeah. People think that crying, I think, is weakness. I don't know. This might be movies. So No, well, definitely true for guys. Definitely I mean, true that's for why guys you guys too. don't get to cry. Guys don't... Yeah, guys, it gets shown as a sign of weakness. People are like, oh, you're not a man. You're crying. Like, what type of bullshit is that? I'm a man. I right, got a right. dick. And I cry. Fuck you, and I cry. 
What? Did you just say that in front of me? I am yeah. stopping him now. Yeah. <laughs> I He's mean, my child. He does not have one. Well, oh, maybe he does. I'm a doctor. I know that. Wait a minute. I'm so confused. Sorry. Oops. Oops. Do we need to cut this out? No. no. Why would we cut this out? This is great. All right. Wait, what? My mom's just saying that I don't have a dick. Well, no, I didn't mean that. This I just don't, I was saying. like, la, la, la. Oh. Like, I don't want to, like, think about that. It's crazy. That's that thing. You know, it's like... You know, it's like thinking about your mom and dad. Like, it's okay. You could think I don't have a dick. It's not true. I mean, <laughs> nothing wrong with being transgender. Right. I mean, I could say whatever I want, and yeah. you can interpret and have a thought about it in any way you want. Yeah. Right. I could say that to you, and you could decide that I don't think you're a man, which you know it's not true. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so. Right. That is that interesting thing about thoughts. Like, you get to think different ones if you mm. choose to. Anyway. So... Where was we? Where, we, where was we? we was we was at discharge. Discharge. So that's why I was shaking because I was a little nervous and I thought I could shake out my nervousness. Right. And when you're nervous, a lot of time people shake subconsciously. Oh, that's true. Or twitch a little bit. Right. They get scared. I mean, that mm-hmm. is that's the way a baby shows fear. They shake. They shake. Yeah. Oh my God. They shake. They perspire. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a real response. So you know, this is a great segue to what I wanted to talk about. What do you want to talk about tonight? Fear. Oh no. Fear and uh, I remember you telling me, but I swear I didn't segue that way. That was purpose. a great segue. Oh well, there we um, go. I wanted to talk about fear and failing, mm. because it seems like a lot of people are afraid of failing, mm. and especially with COVID right now, now's the opportunity to change your life and do something different. Okay. And I see a lot of people just staying at home and watching movies, not doing anything. Do you see similar? Like, when, you, when you're when you with certain friends, right? do you see, wow, they really aren't doing anything? Some. Some are doing a lot right now, and some aren't. Mm-hmm. So. Like, now's the perfect opportunity to try something new. Mm. So what and, have you tried that's new? Well, I made a podcast. Yeah! I've been playing the guitar. I should play at some point. It's going to sound hopefully okay. I'll play it at some Adam point. Adam has zero rhythm. I'm sorry, but I have to say I, it. I, I do rhythm based off of memory. Right. So once I hear I don't hear know where something... your memory is. But... No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. Once I hear something, it sounds better. Ah. Like, once you do it, I can somewhat replicate it. Right. But if I try playing something on my own for the first time, uh. it's not happening. I have no rhythm. Yeah, you have no rhythm, and you can't keep a tune. What do you mean? You can't keep a tune. I got better at playing the guitar. I can you definitely got better. At the, well, that's the great thing about guitar is that you know the chords. Like you, you're technically really good. I could keep a tune, kind of. <laughs> what? Kind of. Yes. Are you saying it only sounds good in my head? I think lots of things sound good in your head. Like my sing thingy. for these people. Do it, Adam. Sing. No. No? Well, I guess we're talking about facing your fears. Right, right. So you might as well so sing. I might as well sing. Yes, if you're talking about facing so, your fears. So, yeah, I'm not... What song are you singing, Adam? I don't know. Do you have any suggestions? I don't know. It's always safe to do a Beatles song. Oh, I wasn't going to do that. I'm going to sing Ave Maria. Okay. Oh, no, you are not going <laughs> to sing Ave Maria. Oh, my God. Headphone users, I'm sorry. I know, I know. I only know two words of that song, by the way. Is it Ave Maria? <laughs> exactly. All right, let's hear what you got. Ave Maria. 
believe that you just did that. Oh my god, that wasn't so bad. That sounded actually. great to me. Yeah, that sounded really good to you. I you hit a falsetto. I couldn't believe that. That's what you went for. If I'm gonna go for it, I have to go. Oh for well, it. he like, has there's, faced there's, his there's, fear. There's no point. Oh my god. In not god. going for it at this point, I gotta oh say. Oh my god. <laughs> so. Oh my god. I guess you got to hear me sing. You now, got to hear now, me sing. My mom can sing a lot better than I can. That's true. So there's no fear to be faced there. So I guess I'm not singing. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Wait, what did I say the acronym was? Fear? Like, I don't know. future events, something as real. Uh, you know, experienced as real. Future events experienced as real. So, fear. There's two ear. ears. Fear. Ear. Feet ear? <laughs> exactly. Iron ear? Fay <laughs> ear. Fay ear? Yeah, iron ear. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Chemistry. Yeah. I've been I like watching it. Breaking Bad, so you know. Yeah. <laughs> I got all the chemistry down. Oh my I god. I just forgot what the uh, chemical compound for meth was. I'm gonna look it up real yeah, quick. I'll get yeah. back to you. No, no, no. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't ruin your life. Oh my god. No, I'm not. I had a that, patient who was strung out on, on methamphetamine. It was the worst. Yeah. Oh my god. Like she was a mess. Mm-hmm. And then you could just kind of see it on them. They're like thin and gaunt with teeth that are People falling out mouth, and yeah. rotting and you know, and oh, just really, really sad. Such mm-hmm. a, a beautiful person, and you know, had such a hard life, mm-hmm. and then ended up on that path. Yeah, um, I support drug use, but not 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 methamphetamine. There, oh, seriously? There are certain drugs I definitely don't support. Why don't you support methamphetamine? Because it can ruin your what life. Because <laughs> what you said. Well, don't you think every drug can kind of ruin your life on some level? No. No. Give me. Your I mean. Uh, it can't, certain drugs, you can say they ruin your life, but they don't ruin your life any worse than alcohol can. That's true, but I don't think alcohol is good either. Okay, I'm just saying, like, meth can ruin your life worse than alcohol can. Uh huh. Uh-huh. What I do you think of ecstasy? I've never tried it. I want to try it. Oh my god, it's a mess though. You know? I heard that, well, were you the one that I was talking about this with? That it probably was you, because you're the one saying the negative sides of drugs. But you're <laughs> saying that you get so happy when you take ecstasy that you don't. That if you take it a lot, you need it to feel happy. Otherwise, you right. Won't it feel somehow happy. like either down regulates your receptors or something like that, yeah. you know. And so all of a sudden, you need like extra mm-hmm. GABA drug in order to make yourself happy. Yeah, yeah, it's messed up. But ecstasy, if I want to try it, I heard it's a lot of fun. Uh-huh. I don't think one time usage. It's not addictive. I heard. I don't. I don't. Is it addictive to want to have that feeling a lot though? I mean, people do other things to have that feeling, though. Like what? Skydive. I want to go skydiving, too. I went skydiving. That was really scary. Yeah. Talking about facing your fears, I want to go skydiving. Oh, my God. I think we're going to go this year, too. Seriously? Yeah, me and my... Uh, Adam's living my in shit. a in a house with how many people? Uh, six. Six other people. people. Six other I'm people. going tomorrow. So... He's going to college tomorrow? No! Yeah, senior year. Oh, my God. But... Yeah, we're, I think we're going to go skydiving, or people want to. I mean, plans happen or they don't happen. Mm. But, like, people want to, and once I get on that plane, I guess I'm jumping. Well, you know, I, I had gotten on that plane. Do you want me? You want to hear my skydiving story? Yeah. So, you know, I, I had a roommate named Diane in college. I went to the University of Michigan, and she always wanted to go skydiving. And so I said I would go with her because I'm an idiot. So we spent the whole day You're not like, an idiot. well, you know what I mean. Though, like, I, I just said yes. You know, I wasn't thinking for myself. I was like, cool, okay, I'll go. Mm-hmm. So we spent the whole day kind of jumping into a pee pit, learning how to fall, 
And I was like, oh, this isn't so bad. And all of a sudden, we went up 3,000 feet on that little Cessna. And I went with this dive master who was this ex-Vietnam vet who was screaming at us like, you guys are going to jump. And if you don't jump, I'm going to push you. And he was going on and on. And it was really terrifying. Mm -hmm. And we also were in like a certain lineup. And so we couldn't actually decide to not go because then they'd have to land the whole plane because Mm -hmm. another person couldn't go past you. Yeah. So did you not have someone attached to you? Well, so I was I was on a static line attached to the plane. And so I'm up 3000 feet and I'm hanging on that ledge, the longboard and on the strut with my hands holding onto it. And then he said, "Go!" And I said, "Fuck no!" And he said, "You better go now." And I was like, "Okay!" And I jumped and I closed my eyes and thank God that static was attached to the plane because all of a sudden I had like a beautiful parachute hanging out over me Mm. and I was going down. I was like, this is cool. And I'm looking out and not looking where I'm going and not directing my little toggles in the right direction. And then all of a sudden the ground starts to come up and I'm like, fuck, I am nowhere near my target. Here comes the ground and I can't remember how to land. And so basically instead of like a five point landing, I did a two point landing feet floor and I messed up my knees, and that was the last time that I went skydiving. I thought usually you have an instructor attached to your back, though. I think when you don't have a static cord attached, you have an instructor pulling. Yeah, because I thought there were instructors that do that thing. Yeah, no, I was by myself. That sounds scary. It was really, really But you faced that fear, you know. I did face that fear, because I actually am scared of heights. That is one of my fears. Yeah, and... I mean, that's really cool that you went skydiving. Like, it's a good experience. Like, you said it was beautiful while you were up there. It was for that, like, ten seconds that I was up there. Do you think you gained anything out of it? I think I gained a really great story. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, is it worth doing things to get a good story? I think so. Depends on what you're doing. Uh, I mean, if you don't die, that's true. Yeah. Right? That would be somebody that, else's story. That would be bad. Yeah, that wouldn't well, have been good. that's sad. Yeah. Anyway, so fear. Okay. Uh... Fear of dying is a counting fear. Yeah. Which... Are you scared of dying? I don't know. Hmm. Dying's a weird one to me because nobody knows what happens when you die. Mm. People have all these theories, Mm. but who who in real life knows what happens when you die? Mm. Except for some crazed lunatic that probably says, I went beyond and I came back and (laughs) I was dead and now I'm alive. Yay! Right? Uh Uh-huh. Because... Any guess is as valid or as ridiculous as the next one. Mm, that's true. Like, what sources do you have to say that your death, that this happens after die? Name your source. It's kind God? of pessimistic view. Oh, I don't know. Do you believe in God? I don't know. There might be some, like, bigger being around us mm. or something. Or, like, there's a reason why things happen. Uh-huh. But I don't, I don't know if there's, like, a God. Uh. I'm not sure. Huh. But, yeah, God's a weird one, too. Right. I don't know. I mean, I think of God in the the yogic tradition of God, where they talk about it as the generating, organizing, and delivering power of the universe. Yeah. Because you don't have control over so many things. Mm -hmm. So there's something that keeps the universe going. I think I can get behind that. That kind of makes sense, but... 
like a god like any in that any religion says just seems a little ridiculous mm. to me. Mm. Like an I'm old man sure. with a white beard. Yeah. Yeah. Strange. That would be that sounds like Santa Claus. <laughs> or Moses, right? Or Moses. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so fear. Mm. Fear. But what did you want to talk about? I want to talk about with... failing. Oh. I also want to talk about fear. Like, well, you could discharge your fear, you're saying. Mm-hmm. And you could... Because a lot of times fear are located to an hurt, right? Is mm-hmm. that where fear stems from? To an early hurt. To an early hurt from your childhood. Uh-huh. And so that's how a lot of people get scared. Like, I have a fear of trucks. Oh. Because I haven't actually had a chance to discharge this. I didn't. I haven't chosen this for any of my discharge times, but we do discharge a lot, and it's really helpful. Uh, but there was one time when I was driving with my family, with my dad and my sister, on the BQE, the Brooklyn Queens Expressway, and we were going, and there was a truck to our right, and the truck was going slow, so my dad sped up and went around the truck, right before an overpass. And then the truck gets to the overpass and the cab wasn't attached or something and it was too big. And it hit the top and fell onto the car that was directly behind us. Scariest thing ever. I mean, it wasn't actually scary for me, but it's the scariest thing looking back on because of how close that been. Because the way it was and it landed on the car is it crushed the car entirely, except for a sliver of space on the driver's side seat. And luckily on that car behind us, there was only, maybe there is a God. In right, review, right. Or maybe maybe you can think that you yeah. wouldn't be scared of trucks at all. Like the one time something might have happened didn't happen. And how could something happen more than once in a lifetime? Yeah. But, That's interesting. But nobody got hurt because he was in that one spot that didn't get crushed. But if it was our car that got crushed, me and my sister would have had no chance. Wow. So that's my fear of trucks. And I, I don't know. Do you think stuff goes away when you discharge it fully? Or no? Yeah, I think um, I think what ends up happening is that you don't actually like. So when you're discharging on an early hurt, like something like that happens like that, you get to refile that hurt in a place that makes sense. Like not every truck is going to cause that, and generally trucks don't cause that. But um, but what ends up happening is that you kind of lose the charge to whatever happens with the truck, and then eventually, you know, you discharge the recording that's surrounding but, it. But do you think it's good? What do you mean by discharge? Do you, you don't mean forget, though. Because no, that's I not something I'm ever, ever going to No, no, it's not about forgetting. Like, I think that's the weird thing about what we want to do with mm-hmm. Hertz right now in kind of like general society is that we're hoping that somebody forgets and they don't forget you just get to really notice what that feeling is you know what happens surrounding it how that causes you to behave react and function in the future you don't forget so yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah so so that's fears i mean there's more to talk about fears failure is different but people have the fear of failing Right, and because I don't know why. If failing seems to be a bad thing in this society, it's construed because when you fail, it's failing is talked about. I feel like in this tone or view, that failing is this terrible thing. So strange. Because I mean, the most the the circumstance that failing I think comes up in the most, especially when you're young, when you're my age, is school mm. or college. Interesting classes you can fail a class 
Mm. And this semester in particular, it was pass-fail. Mm. And failing is seen as this bad thing. And yes, failing a class is bad. Like, it's tough to fail. But there's always circumstances. Like, the U.S. education system is fucked, too. And the way that it's this one style in the majority of schools, and then only people who have a shit ton of money can take their kid out and try something else. I mean, there are some teachers that are really good at working with every kid regardless of their speed. And yeah, there's tutoring and stuff like that. Definitely. But especially when you're young, it's harder to get that help. Mm. And failing starts, I think, there. And it's seen with such a negative connotation. You do something badly. You fail. It just, I don't know, it just seems to have such a negative connotation. Right, it does. I mean, it really scares people from trying new things. Mm -hmm. But I think that actually we should increase our rate of failure. We were talking about that because failing to me is just the opportunity to learn. And not everybody is born knowing everything. Mm -hmm. So you you can't be proficient at everything before you do it, like every job, every skill. You have to fail constantly, you know, or at least not perform to the level that you think. Mm -hmm. And then going back to what you said about thoughts, this thought came to me. Failing is really a construct of what you have in your mind. Right. Everything is. Everything is. And you can place the failure in different places, and that's how different people think. Certain failures are societal failures or individual failures or government failures. And people have reasons to place certain things in different things. I'm thinking of the Black Lives Matters or the mass incarceration uh, that's going on and being protested in the criminal justice reform. Okay. Depending on where you place your failure depends on your view. I don't understand what you mean. What I'm saying is, let's say there's a kid Mm -hmm. or somebody who, this is always my example, it's a very extreme example, who's going to selling marijuana or something to help support their family. Mm -hmm. And they do it in small amounts. And then the cops, and this is to support their family because let's say their dad was in prison. This is really, I'm just saying it's an example that happened. And the kid gets arrested and or doesn't start going to school and stuff like that. And bad things happen. Is that a failure of the child for trying to support his family? Or is it a failure of the society that ended up putting him in that position? Mm-hmm. Depending on where you place your blame, probably shares a lot with your political views in this country. That was an interesting segue. I don't know. That's just what I was thinking. I've been thinking that for a while. I just want to say that. I think you wanted to say that. I just want to say that. Okay, good. Welcome to my TED Talk. Yeah, Got there you go. Got very serious for a second. Yeah, I know. We do get serious every once in a while. Every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but failing a lot of times is not a bad thing because you also have to think, what's the worst thing if you fail? Yeah, what is the worst the thing? The consequences of failing... You just feel bad. It's different. Right. For everything. Like, failing a class, the consequence, you retake the class. People might look at you differently, which is ridiculous because you might just struggle with a subject or something, like, and have to right. retake it. Like, that's life. Right. I feel like that's a human thing to struggle with something. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Maybe you don't have the means or something. I think that, let's say I do this podcast and I fail. What happens? 
Nobody listens to my podcast. Who gives a shit? I'm doing my podcast anyway. Right, but but you, it's only your thought that that mm-hmm. makes it a failure. Mm-hmm. If you didn't think that, then exactly. it wouldn't be a failure. Exactly. It is. If you thought, this is so cool, I'm putting out a podcast, exactly. then that's what it would be. So it, it is always your thoughts like, to a situation. There's just a circumstance. Mm-hmm. You put out a podcast, everything else is a thought. Mm-hmm. Well, what's something that you like have the thought of failing at or something? Well, I mean, I'm trying to think about putting together a new business, mm-hmm. and part of me thinks, like, well, who the hell am I to decide that I can do this? But I also think that somehow if I'm not getting the results fairly quickly, you know, that I'm failing. And I think I felt that way about when I put out the album, mm-hmm. because I don't think Almost anybody heard it. I just, I couldn't figure out how to market. But I definitely felt like I had failed at something. I mean, I I felt that way, but I didn't believe it. Like, I Mm -hmm. think if you have a feeling based on whatever your thought is, you still don't have to believe that that's real. You could just change your thought. I mean, Mm -hmm. my thought really also was, wow, it's pretty great. I put out an album, you know? Like, so... I mean, I also don't know the entirety of the human brain. Like, I don't know if you know much about neurology. Mm. But is it like the neurons firing that makes you think that way, or how does it work? Or I, I mean, would I, want to look into this, right? Right. I sure. mean, I think it, it's probably the neurons firing, but it's generally based on you know, is it your own personal mm-hmm. experiences? You know, whatever yeah. experiences your family had, even intergenerational experiences. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there are lots of reasons, but if they fire in that way and they continue to fire in that way, it's just going to compound. Right. It's just like imprints it like a, mm-hmm. like an engraving. Yeah. So that's why I think it's important. And most people don't learn how to manage their mind mm-hmm. to figure out a thought another thought that you can believe that you can practice and become proficient at definitely so definitely yeah so that's what i wanted to talk about just like a brief or a little thing i kind of want to look into that more that'd be an interesting i don't know how much research is done on this probably tons but i mean i think there's tons but i i think that that we're both pretty thoughtful of course so i think we know universal truths Mm -hmm. about how messages come in yeah right i i believe that yeah that that makes sense yeah uh but i definitely want to look at that more and going full circle i mean you're taking an intro to psychology course this year i know i don't know how much i could put into (laughs) it i mean that's the only course that's actually like being taught in person it makes no sense yeah so fascinating which is going to be awesome i want to psychoanalyze my classmates or my friends i could psychoanalyze (laughs) people be fun i could be dead on or not. Or not. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> that is true. But yeah, so with my driver's test, I was nervous because I was worried about failing. I know. Wow, full circle, really. I was even worried about you failing. Because, yeah, I, I, my grandma, very kind of her, is giving me her old car. So, very kind of her, I need a license to drive said car. So if I failed, I wouldn't be able to drive the car. At least at this moment. And that test did not go as planned. I mean, I was even thinking beforehand, what's the worst thing that would happen if I failed? I would take the test again. Right. Like, you have to wait a week or something. Which isn't that bad. Right. But I was still really nervous. Right. Because I I was worried that failing... I don't know why. Failing the driver's test your first time somehow seemed like I wasn't good or it wasn't enough, which is just my own distress. My own distress isn't 
something that I have to work on. And failure is something you can work on too. I mean, it would be a learning experience too about going and taking the test, but which is what we're talking about. But my test, oh boy. So first thing on my docket that my, uh, I didn't even realize I have to do this, which, cause I was staring in the mirror the entire time, okay? He was putting on a seatbelt. This guy had never even closed the door of his car. Yeah, he didn't slam the door. It wasn't shut. I was going to go and, and like close it for him, but then I thought he might get mad at me. Yeah, I thought, take it I out thought of he you. would get mad at me if I asked him to close the door. Yeah. See, that's how nervous I was. Worried about, what I tell him to close the door. Right, we say, uh, excuse me, I, I think the door's not completely shut. And it took me, I got an appointment two days after I tried to sign up. Like, I wouldn't even have to wait long to take another driver's test. Usually they are like, Oh my god, I had to take sit, wait six months to take my right, road right, test right. or whatever. Yeah. I would have waited like two weeks. Yeah. So, I don't know why I was so nervous. But first thing I did was I didn't check my blind spot as I was pulling out. Which I thought was ridiculous because I was looking in the mirror while he's trapped in the whole time and I would have known if somebody would have caught up to my blind spot. But I learned my lesson. Check your blind spot. Now, I am going through all this. It might sound like I'm a terrible driver. I'm not a terrible driver, okay? Uh... I did really good on the physical driving parts. Mm-hmm. There was just the parking part went a little shaky. Right. But so we drive around and there's a parking spot. It's a large spot, okay? Mm-hmm. Fairly large spot. So he goes pull over and park in that spot. So me, I pull over, forgot to put on my blinker. I don't know why. It slipped my mind. He said pull over. I pulled over. I didn't think about putting on my blinker. Just I put my blinker on when I change lanes always when I turn I don't know why I did it tonight when we were parking but for some reason this time when I pulled over I didn't do that so I pulled over I go to back up it's a really large spot and I didn't try to use the whole spot I just tried to park like I normally would in between two cars and I go and I go back and I'm reaching near the edge and then I start turning back and then I hear a small bump I'm going slowly and I hit the curb so I was like, oh, okay. How'd you recover from that? I went forward. <laughs> I went to the right. Did you hit the curb again? Not until I went back again. <laughs> <laughs> you hit the curb twice, and still you hit the curb twice. My friends were like, fucking hell, this guy should have failed you right away. Oh, my God. Anyways. What's wrong with hitting the curb when you park in a spot, though? Like, I don't understand why that's a failure. Uh, because it's a dangerous action, I guess. I don't, I don't know. People park and hit the curb all so the time often. it's ridiculous right right and yeah so that happened and then so i i park i do okay like i got close to the curb i just hit it well i mean i definitely was close to the you curb. were very close i was to the very curb. close to the curb and so i pull out drive around and he wants to be he says pull over over here so i was like oh shit was i failing is he kicking me out of the car so i pull over he was like remember to put your blinker on me pull i'm like oh fuck do a three-point turn. I do a three-point turn fine. Like, I don't know the technicalities of a three-point turn. Like, you turn left, you go back into the right, and then you turn left. Did you do the three-point turn okay? I did it fine. I just don't know what, you, like, are you supposed to go back up until you're, like, while you're still on the other side, or back up until you're, like, power? I don't, I don't know, know when. there's, like, technicalities yeah, to a three-point turn. I just turn. know you go forward, you go back and go to the left, go back into the right, and go to the left. Right. Three-point turn. So that was good, and I did well accelerating, decelerating, and driving. And stopping. And, I, you and stopping. Smoothly. I stopped pretty smoothly. Yeah. And so we were going to the end, um, uh, and he said, okay, we're back at the front. Pull over over here. Did you put your blinker on? I put my blinker on this time. Oh, thank God. I know. Third time, maybe I would have failed. 
Yeah, I think you might have if you didn't put your blinker on again. Because did he write twice? No blinker. No, he only put once. No blinker oh, and the ten it. for reckless endangerment or something. Or ten for, for reckless endangerment. Just like dangerous action or something. That sounds scary. I think he was hitting the curb twice. Oh my god. I didn't do anything reckless. I was going slow. You didn't run anybody over. Yeah. There were points for that. I mean, if I get point, what do you get points on your driver's test for running somebody over? I don't. <laughs> I think it's an How automatic many? failure. I mean, yeah. 80 but, points. <laughs> but anyway, so he's printing out my receipt. I didn't realize I get a receipt or something. It goes up. It says, I go down the list. It says, test. Took only like eight minutes. It was really quick, this right. road test. And it was just driving around the neighborhood in Brooklyn. It said that. Then it went down, and it said, uh, me. And I looked. It said, failed, excuse me, to check a blind spot. While pulling out, five points. I looked down. It said, failed to use blinker. Uh, five points. And it said, dangerous action, ten points. And then I was like, oh, shit, I did terribly. And I looked down, and I see it says result. And I see a little P. I'm like, oh, I, I passed. <laughs> and I looked it up when I got home. It said you needed 30, po- 30 over 30 points to fail. Wow. There's a lot of leeway. Yeah, there is it. a lot of leeway. That's true. But I th- guess I... I mean, you got to 20 points pretty quickly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I did well on the rest of it. And then I drove home, and that was, like, not the smoothest driving I've ever done. It was done. okay. It was I fine. was nervous. But now, but now there's a driver. I actually made him drive to go get Ted... To go yeah, get I drove on my own for the first time yesterday. And right, I was like, you go get him. I'm not driving with that you. Was, that, that was fun. That was good. And yeah. I drove on the FDR, too, which is, I think, the scariest road. It's really scary, the so, FDR. So, yeah, on that note, uh, All right. 45 minutes. Wow. Yeah. That went fast. So, yeah, that went pretty fast. I like talking to you guys. I know. This is going to be our last live podcast with right. my mom or in-person podcast. In-person podcast. Because I'm going to be a guest on all the podcasts. <laughs> sure sure it's good that he says yes <laughs> I might not be but the more content the merrier is what I'm <laughs> gonna say anyways go ahead thank you very much for listening if you made it this far I'm Adam the reluctant vegan son follow me on Instagram at reluctant vegan son DM me with any comments questions concerns you could also email me at reluctant vegan son at gmail.com uh Excellent. And I am the truly happily vegan mom of the Reluctant Mm -hmm. Vegan Son. And uh, you can get in contact with me uh, on NYC Health Save or at Nikki and the Human Element on Instagram and then NikkiandTheHumanElement.com or Facebook. Sounds good. And next time, we might talk about veganism. (laughs) Maybe. Or not. We haven't yet. But no, it... (laughs) I, a little bit. I might talk about like how it's going at school because nobody else in the house is vegan. Yeah, that's going to be really and interesting. So, we we did a really nice Trader Joe haul yeah. tonight, getting you some stuff. So it's going to mm-hmm. be interesting and probably update you all on how that goes. Sounds good. Bye. All right, bye everybody. Have a...